Oh, James, I didn't even ask you. Do you have any questions for us before we start? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm I'm excited to get on here and see uh, you know become internet famous. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. how it works. <clears throat> All so, right, and then the the check comes like in in a month or something. I'll give you half of whatever I get. <laughs> great, <laughs> I promise to you. Great, great. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn Podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as The Jail Dude, and on Mondays we give you a recap of the previous week's TVTLs, but this is our Friday show where we have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play and discuss their favorite segment in TBTL history. I can't do it by myself because I'm super lazy. So sitting in the Dallas Animal Sanctuary Studios just up by 35 is my co-host, Meredith, all the way Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. Our guest is also on the line, and he is joining us tonight from Fort Collins, Colorado, James McCracken. Hello, James. Hello, Mike. Um, tonight, we have just one thing that we must discuss. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to know James. Uh, we will do this, his uh, TBTL history clip, which I'm excited about. I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Uh, it's about Prezine, by the way. So uh, it's going to be well well worth it. I have some stories to tell. Uh, we'll let you know how to get involved. And uh, if we have any housekeeping to do, we will do it at the end. Um, the first thing that I think we must discuss is the nice lady, Christy, uh, finally compiled all of the survey results and provided them to us a few days ago. And I have to say, I'm really flattered by 99% of the things you all had to say. Yeah, because 99% of the p- comments were positive about you. <laughs> they, they were, but <laughs> Meredith, it, it revealed there were a couple of Meredith um, fans slash stalkers. And Anne fans slash stalkers. Right, which is right. Great. Yeah. So just, I think anytime, uh, anytime men see women, um, putting themselves out there, they feel they like they have to be creepy. So, you know, no, one's been creepy. Game. No, one's been creepy. No, that's true. That's true. They just said that they were in love with you and, Anne. and they might not have been dudes. It might've been ladies. It could have been. We I, don't know. It's all who, anonymous. Who am I to assume? And the admirer was a lady. It's um, nice to feel the love, you guys. That was really nice things it that was, you said. It was really great. And and I I took uh, the criticisms uh, to heart. One of them, one of the criticisms was of me, and it was that I don't listen to the clips. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so this week I decided to honor that and actually listen to the clip. So, you know, good job by you, uh, listener, pointing it out. What was amazing to me about the survey results was I know the I know how many downloads we get. And I know how many survey results we get. And it was a big percentage of our downloads that oh, yeah? took the time. I don't the know time. the download numbers. Yeah, the, a big percentage of them, probably one out of every five or six um, people took the time to do the survey. And that's Pretty greatly good. appreciated. So, um, James. Yes, Mike. If I'm not mistaken, and Meredith, correct me if I'm wrong, is James the first male scientist we've had on this show? Wow, I think so. James, what do you do? So, what's your what's your gig? You're not a statistician like our ladies. No, no, no. I'm I'm in uh, I'm in life sciences. So um, I work for a company here in Fort Collins, Colorado that uh, that manufactures uh, 
medical diagnostic equipment and life science research equipment. And I, uh, I do tech support and I uh, train people on how to use the instrumentation and help them get their, their assays up and running and, uh, you know, try to move, move scientific progress forward. So cool new stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I work with a lot of really, I don't know, it's, it's kind of fun working with a bunch of engineers. Um, our coffee machine always works just <laughs> like it's new. I mean, it's, it's no joke. It's fantastic. They, they found out it was making two week coffee. And mm-hmm. so they dug into the machine and found a way to slow down the speed, the water drip through. It's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I could really use that because uh, we do the coffee manually over here and it's, you know, it's at six thirty seven in the morning. It's an unreliable process, you know, pouring right. the water in, you know, you're not, you're never going to be doing it the same way every day. It's too complicated of a thing to do before you've had coffee. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm I, I'm not trouble, even making right? it for myself. So um I noticed from stalking your Facebook page, James, that oh. I, I actually I don't have any friends that seem to be as much of a film buff as you and maybe even a theater like a movie theater buff. Yeah, yeah, I like uh yeah, movies, theaters, even live theater to to a degree. I just um I like, you know, visual storytelling mediums like that, I guess. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing you probably saw uh, a bunch of my picks from going to the uh, the Turner Classic Movie Festival uh, right. this last month. Yeah, um, it's it's a good time, you know. If they always pull out something, um, you know, new that they found, uh, I guess the highlight this year was they found a uh, uh, footage from an old, I believe it was Oliver and Hardy, and um, it was, you know, footage of the largest pie, pie fight ever caught on film. And ever was, caught on film. Yes, it was spectacular. Like there's there been was, these massive pie fights, that, you know, the private pie well, fights that yeah, no cameras, well, please. Possible. I'm sure that kind of stuff happens at like, um, you know, where the Illuminati hang out or something. They just have right. Clown conventions. really outrageous okay. pie fights. Um, I get Turner Classic Movies is a, network that I get lost in. I try not to turn it on because then that's all that will be on forever because you just appreciate the way stories used to be told. And it's, I don't know. And and you add the element of the classic theaters. Now the Turner classic movie uh, festival was in LA, right? Right. Right. And in Hollywood there on uh, most of the theaters are on like Hollywood and Highland there. Um, And so they went with your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is actually the, uh, I think the third or fourth year we've gone oh. uh, together. Yeah, it's you know it's nice. We don't get to see each other a lot. He he still you know works and I work. So, um, but yeah, you get to go into like uh, the Chinese theater and see shows and the Egyptian down the road. And uh, uh, this year they had the Cinerama Dome, which is you know one of these big uh, Buckminster Fuller type dome theaters with a giant screen. It's a, yeah, they have one of those in Seattle. It's pretty amazing to go yeah. to a movie there. I think I saw Rocky there when I was a kid. Uh, it was the first time I saw Rocky, and damn, you know, it, if you see a good movie in a good theater, you just never forget it. Yeah, they actually showed Rocky at this year's film festival. I think it was like what uh, thirty-five years from Rocky or something like that. Or yeah, maybe yeah, don't remind me. Uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, it's this or you know the grave. So. Yeah. So James, um, do you have favorites? A favorite or favorites? 
old films? Uh, uh, it's it's always a different answer. It's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what uh, what if they ask you the the question that they ask on the newsletter? If there's one film that you would make people watch, uh, make everybody watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it would probably be the day the Earth stood still. I don't know. I know it's not probably wouldn't land on many people's classics lists, but mm-hmm. I, know, I thought it was it's fun. An, it's a, it's an of, event. You can really get caught up in that. Yeah, thing. you can get caught up in it. And it's, I don't know, it's got a message, you know, we mm-hmm. should stop blowing our, blowing ourselves and each other up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meredith, do you have one? I'm not a big classic movie fan. I just well, It doesn't saw, have to be a classic. It could be any oh, movie. Any movie? I don't know. I just saw Citizen Kane for the first time in the theater. The Alamo Draft House was showing it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I did a double feature with, we kind of made it up. It wasn't really a double feature, but it was that and uh, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> it's sure. a weird, weird sure. combo. <laughs> yeah. Look Who's Talking to wasn't playing. Well, that's my second favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I'd but have to say uh, was interesting. Goodfellas is, is it for me. Uh, I think it's just such a great piece of filmmaking that I, mm-hmm. anybody, and, and entertaining, you know, it's not a chore to watch. But if you, upon multiple viewings, you see how he's doing it. And it's just amazing. And, um, James, is there, is there any movie? What's, what's a movie you would tell people never to see? Don't waste their time with. Oh, never. Um, yeah. What movie pisses you uh, off? Gee, cause everyone um, knows mine. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I know yours, but I'm, I'm very curious now. I, I probably something like, um, do you guys remember that movie? What the bleep do we know? No. No. It came out in like um, I don't know the mid two thousands maybe, and it it was kind of this pseudo science like you know if you write words on your water look how the water molecules change and make you better kind of thing. Oh no! And it was like you know just enough like real physics in there to make you think that some of that other stuff is real too, and uh-huh. that yeah well, i already hate it if it's basically about homeopathy so. thank you yeah it's it basically it is they didn't you know get right into you know we dilute these plant extracts down to nothing and now it's medicine but uh but yeah that same vein that same what do people well there's call also woo, some element of the water kind of has a memory and you hit it with something and the vibrations yeah. stay so yeah yeah that whole thing Ooh. so don't don't watch that don't yeah meredith what's the biggest waste of time you ever sat through Look who's talking to. That's it? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Frozen. I saw Frozen uh, mm-hmm. this past winter. I was in Michigan for my birthday, and we were snowed in. There was a yep. terrible, terrible sno- storm. And so my mom, for some reason, she, this is not her thing, but we were sitting on the couch, and she's like, well, I've got this on Netflix Why don't, or whatever. Why don't we just watch this? And I was like, well, okay. There were no kids? <laughs> No, no kids. Oh, I, mean, no. I have a nephew who's six, but like he doesn't care about Frozen. Uh, so I don't know where this came from, but she had it. And I was like, well, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. So we watched it and we both were just like, this is the worst movie we've ever seen. Well, I, I think the only way to mitigate that and the only thing that probably would have not made it the worst thing you ever saw was to be sitting with like four little girls. Who were super excited about right, it. Yes. Right. And then you're like, yeah. okay, I can see it through their, their eyes. It's fun. I don't know. Well, we did, you know, we've got Halloween, uh, a lot of Halloween little kids coming to our house. And I don't know, 75% of them, including boys, were dressed as mm-hmm. Elsa. Is that who it is? <laughs> right. I don't even right, remember. Yeah. The little girl in the blue dress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought there was something to it, but it's very, it's a pretty bad story. 
Well, um, mine is obviously The Natural. It's the worst movie uh, ever produced. It's the biggest waste of time and money that anyone's ever laid on film. So someday and why we'll is that? I don't know anything why. about this movie. Um, there are too many reasons. To, okay. to so this is a whole podcast of its own. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be. Do you, do you um, dislike sports movies in general, or is it specifically I, I, The Natural? I have always watched sports movies because I love sports and I so want them to get it right. And some movies, you know, get it, get things very right or close to it and are good enough in other ways like Bull Durham or, mm-hmm. um, or maybe Miracle on Ice. Is that, or Miracle? Is that what it was? Right. Miracle on Ice. There are plenty of sports movies that land and the sports aren't terrible, but no, not the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> but uh, the natural lands on no levels. It's uh, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get more into it. Here. So um, we've gotten to know James a little bit. I will uh, hand you over to Meredith, and uh, we'll find out about what makes you tick as a ten. Okay. All right. So, how did you find out about TVTL? I was a listener to Bryant Park Project for years, and I developed this big podcast habit when I was a, uh, a young postdoc, which is the like a period after you get your doctoral degree or you work for, for low rage, wages under another scientist for a while to show you can take a progress to its end. And it's hours of uh, repetitive motions often. <laughs> and so um, after the Bryant Park, after Luke left the Bryant Park project, I don't remember how I first heard the words too beautiful to live. But I remember hearing it and then searching for it in iTunes, and I think at that point there were maybe only 10 episodes in, and I started at the start. Um, that's, was it was it Rocky? Did you feel like um, – a lot of people feel like that first night he was too low energy and uh, revealed – showed his belly too much? Like, uh, you know, yeah, maybe a little, but I, I don't know. I, uh, again, I had a lot of hours to fill. you know so yeah there weren't a million podcasts back in those days. yeah and there weren't a ton of podcasts and i just i don't know there was something um there was something fun too i think about like seeing someone like pick up and try to start something about the time that i was starting something new Mm -hmm. Um, so i think that made me feel a little bit of a a little more connection you know yeah absolutely um, so your first episode was actually the first episode or did yeah. you, yeah. Yeah. I, I started at the start. Um, you haven't had many of these. Yeah. You're, you're, you're special that way. I'm <laughs> impressed that you stuck with it. Cause I've listened to back to those first few shows and they're, they're a rough go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember much about them, which I guess says a lot, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something, something stuck with me and I, I, Again, I think part of it was like hearing someone trying something new and working out the bumps. And mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, the uh, I don't know, rooting for the underdog. They seem kind of scrappy, and mm-hmm. I so wanted the Bryant Park pro- Bryant Park project to go well, and that died. I was like, well, I got to find you know something. Some people my age are doing like out here in actual radio land. I don't know why I thought them being on actual radio was important at the time, but well, <laughs> it was really unusual and and probably will never happen again because here's the thing um no matter what you put on the air from seven to ten on cairo Cairo. the needle's not going to move up or down much 
because, mm. because people are just going to be either in their cars and listening or they're not going to be in their cars and they're not listening. So to pay someone, in fact, to pay two people to do a show, you know, um, when you could just get one of the news guys to jump on there and take a few phone calls for much, much less money. Um, it was a weird chance for Cairo to take. So um, the name of the show it was so apt because when when they were first on, I was like, well, this can't last. I don't know how many books this is going to last because <laughs> it's just going to be the same numbers. Uh, but what started happening um, was I, the numbers didn't change. The, the Arbitron numbers didn't change. But what happened was that show between seven and 10 started creating a community and it was not just a Seattle thing. It was a nationwide thing because of Wade Wade and because of Brian Park. And uh, it just, it was a different animal. It was something that, you know, Luke and I talked about it while it was going on and said, this is going to be portable. You, you have, you have an audience that's now portable. It may not be huge, but you can take these people at any way you want. Yeah. Yeah. So the longer he was able to stay on, the better it was for the community to build. And Jen was of course great at that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it was the first time I ever heard something that, you know, was sort of talk radio that I thought was for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the same feeling. It's like our demographic, they're talking about topics that interest us. Yeah. It was like, it was made for, for people of our demographic. Yeah, yeah, and and I, um, I don't know, and I wanted to hear. Um, I don't know. The more I heard from like Luke and Jen and Sean there in the beginning, the more I wanted to know. You know uh, that you know that feeling of long distance kind of friendship that uh, you know I'm sure a lot of people mention. Um, mm-hmm. You know, was felt really good. So, did you listen like every day to the previous days? Pretty podcast? much, Is that how it went? yeah, yeah. Because I would, you know, again, I was kind of in the the very gears of of uh, academic science at that point, and so I, um, you know, I had a lot of stuff to keep my hands occupied and not a lot to keep my brain occupied sometimes. And yeah, I I pretty much kept up. Actually, I think I've I don't know if I've ever fallen more than maybe a week behind. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and it's you know there have been podcasts in my my various devices that have have come and gone, but that one's you know that one's always like added onto the whatever the new podcast app is, uh, you know, within the first two or three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you started from the beginning, but what episode kind of made you feel like now I'm a ten, I'm sticking with this forever? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I think it was. And I'm, he's told this like five times, right? Luke telling his story of of when he went to the I don't remember if it was a baseball or a football game, um, Mariners with a game at the, at the King Mariners game. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There we go. Went went to a game and and had poo pants. Um, <laughs> and just I couldn't believe someone was putting that out for the world to hear. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I have one story like that and it will follow me to the grave. Oh no, come on. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't imagine. Uh, you, you know. <laughs> um, and so I think that's, that's kind of what sold me is, you know, there, this is hilarious. Number one. And, um, I just, I have to keep listening. I got to hear more. Yeah. Luke's openness is a big draw. I think so. Yeah. Well, everyone's his, really. his willingness to be the butt of the joke. 
mm-hmm. is yeah is huge. While at the same time wanting to be like the the coolest guy on <laughs> right, know, right right <laughs> yeah always in quest of being the coolest but always willing to be the butt right right right. So have you have had any TBTL appearances, emails, phone calls? Uh, oh, I have had an email written. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, the, I, uh, I emailed in as what I can still consider my role on the Science Council when they were, uh, when they were talking about vaping and the unknown dangers therein, because mm-hmm. uh, that was part of my, my research in my last job. Um, so, and with the Science Council thing, I've, I've gotten close to being on air before, but I always missed phone calls. Um, you know, there was a heat wave in the Midwest a couple of years ago, and they were kind of calling and, you know, asking for heat reports. And uh, I missed that call, too. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I've, I've, I've been so close a few times, but uh, I guess the, the most I've gotten is an email read, which was still pretty thrilling. What was the email? Um, so they were, they were talking about the, the vaping congressman, Mm -hmm. right. And, um, uh, you know, how there, there wasn't a lot of information about potential dangers of vaping. And, uh, we had been, there was a uh, congressman, refresh my memory. There's a congressman vaping Ah, inside the house of representatives. Yes. In, in Congress, he's, uh, vaping and yeah, exactly. You know, what a douche, but, um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but you know, it's, that's the thing is a lot of stuff isn't known about, you know, what comes out of there. And, uh, mm-hmm. we were doing some, some studies to see what kinds of chemicals did come off some, some common brands. Um, and, you know, depending on the heat applied and, and it's mostly because of the carrier that those, uh, like the flavor compounds and the nicotine are carried in, uh, under heat that can turn into like formaldehyde and other aldehydes, which are, are highly reactive and not, not very good for you. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I wrote in to just kind of, I don't know, show. I, I'm I think smart, I remember right, I it just because of the <laughs> plurality of aldehydes. I wasn't aware. <laughs> yes, not yeah, science guys. So. Multiple aldehydes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want any of them. No, no, no. You don't. So you're okay. So you're anti-vape. No, I'm not anti-vape. You're I, not I, anti-vape. Okay. I still think it's it's better for you than smoking. But you know, sure. I don't think you should do it in like a closed room with other people yeah, and stuff. I think it's poor form. <laughs> so why does tbtl matter to you well i think we we talked about it a bit you know it, i think it's that i feel this personal connection now especially after you know so many years of listening um you know it it feels personal to me uh you know luke andrew jen sean everybody feels like my friend and uh um i don't know i like checking in and seeing what people are doing i think that's a common sentiment i think we all kind of feel that way well, it's just it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. If if it, you know, if it, because I feel some sense of connection to you know, like this American Life or something too. But I kind of fade in and out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it didn't make me smile and make me happy, you know, like five days a week, I, I don't think I would would continue. Well, and James, I th- I think we hit on it a bit too that you were always up to date on the show. I'm always pretty much up to date. I know Meredith is as well. We all do for the LRB. Um, there is a segment of the listenership to TBTL that is always up to date. And I think a big part of it is because we don't want to, you know, like someone on the Stens page or somewhere says, 
oh my God, can you believe what's happening with the boat? Or, you know, and we don't want to be like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, if I'm a few days behind, this Den's page drives me crazy because I'm like, oh, there's so much stuff I need to catch up on. I can't talk about this or think about this until I catch up. Right. So I always want to be up to date. Yeah. So I, I think the LRB, uh, the, especially the recap shows, it's, I look at it as kind of a reward for the the person who's keeping up. You know, some people use it just as a, as like a summary if they get to, if they have to miss a week. Like well, the, we've I heard like of people who, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like people who, who listen to our show and then say, oh, okay, I missed that one. Maybe I should go back and listen, or maybe right. it's not worth listening. Right. right. Like they'll use this as a litmus I feel test. bad about that though. Cause I'm like, even the ones that, you know, we, we're running down, it's like, you know, the guys made a show and you should go listen to it. <laughs> Give it a download, well, please. Know, Don't I have just not download problems. because, you know, Bobby made a shitty comment because I never yeah. make shitty comments. No, never. <laughs> I never I have found when I've, uh, when I've listened to you guys sometimes that, you know, you, you'll hone in on something that I kind of was, you know, spaced out listening to or something. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a weird feeling knowing I've listened to it, but that I... <laughs> I you missed it. something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, we miss all sorts of stuff. Don't feel bad. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh no, I don't feel bad. It's just odd. So speaking of personal connection, the clip that you brought us has a lot to do with our buddy Drew McFrizz here, doesn't it? So <laughs> they interviewed you for a whole entire week. And for some reason, food is what they latched onto <laughs> for the following week. Right. You know, I, until I listened back to this clip, which I did listen to, general survey taker. Oh, good for you. Um, until I listened back to the clip, I didn't realize that the Prezine segment was inspired by that. And, and so I was thinking when Prazine was submitted, I'm like, why wasn't I part of that show? But then when I'm listening back, I'm like, Oh, oh I had just were. been on for an entire week. They weren't going to have me, but you know, have me back, you know, supervising the Jack mackerel cooking. Well, off. you inspired, you inspired it. Right. So this is from January 29th, 2009. Hour three of the show, which is hard to find. So this is a gem. And this is Cooking with Shondatory Prezine. And it is mackerel and Cheez-Its and wine and hot plates. And let's listen to that. Usted está escuchando Demasiada Hermosa para Vivir con Luke Burbank, Jennifer Andrews, y Japón, el número uno mezclador Shondatory, en 97.3 FM. Just like I can feel these spinaches. That's right, I said spinaches. And I can tell that they clean as your mama's forehead. Ah! I will, for purposes of this show, chop this tomato just so you can see. See, I'm pretty good with this knife. And I'm pretty good with a sword, nunchucks, and a pistol. And what's that for? What's that for? Presentation, yeah. baby. Presentation, Make it look right. good. Look good? Smell good? Taste good? It is good. Welcome to hour number three of this Thursday night edition of TBTL, as if somehow accidentally getting in touch with the creator of the Cheers to You franchise wasn't a bizarre enough turn on this radio journey that we take each night. Let's take it to a whole new level. Let's do some cooking with Sean DeTore. Is this on CD, Sean, or is this on the uh, 
It's it's uh, in audio vault. Can you put it on repeat? Uh, no. I wish I should make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? I should record it into our news boss because I can loop it in there. Okay. Well, next time. A little bit. A goes a long way. Jen feels that one, one airing of the Cooking with Shonda Tori <laughs> musical probably. She's probably probably right. be enough. All right. Um. So uh, this is as always going to take a little bit of a little bit of uh, trickery. Uh, just I'll set the scene for you, everybody out there in Radio Land. Um, we've got in Jen's bulletproof booth, which is the most airtight section. Of the radio studio, which is why I'm still confused as to why that's why we're do- where we're doing contain, it. That's the one place that has no ventilation. Contain the stink. First of all, it does. Look, there's an air vent in the ceiling, which is oh. as and it's it's you know, it's as ventilated as this giant place is. Here's the thing: if that becomes a, a stink hole, which I fear it will, the only people that will have to deal with it will be Libby Denkman. Phil. Who's already made a joke about it on the blog, so I feel like she's okay. That's right. I, my fear is if we do it in here or we do it in Sean's room, that like Dave Ross will have our head tomorrow. Dory Monson. Yeah. And then if we do it in there, Ron and Don will be mad because they work out of, as do Greg and Jane, work out of where Sean is. So I just think that we, what we're trying to do is create a firewall for the stink. <laughs> so in Jen's studio, which is just this tiny little... Uh, glass studio that that has you know two doors that that uh, are have it sealed off basically. We've got the hot plate heating up. Where's let, the mackerel? I don't see the mackerel. It's anywhere. canned. It's I, the mackerel. The canned mackerel is in the studio, in okay. your in your is room. The, is the oil heating up? Uh, no, just the hot plate is heating up no, right not now. Not yet. Okay, the oil has. The oil might. Have, okay. All right. So let me just, let me just Jen. You can you can set about your business here. I'll describe the scene for everybody. All right. Well. I just mean you can help. You're Sean's, you're Sean's sous chef. You're getting the oil started. Sean's going to do the actual cooking. But I need Sean I'm, to play I'm the music. I'm afraid the oil will uh, get uh, too hot when I'm preparing everything else. Uh, okay. Um, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm still reeling from the whole because of your cheers to you situation. What's that, Jennifer? I don't know. <laughs> Mom, Who do I look Dad. like? Mario Batali? So here's the thing. Sean is going to make us some prison food. Some prisine. That's right. That Jen selected out of a recipe book, and now this is food that is supposedly able to be cooked in a prison cell. This is not prison food like from the cafeteria. This is prison food that you could make with contraband items and a hot plate. And um, so, it's supposed to be two cups, Jen. All right, Sean, come on in here. Come on in here. We're just gonna we're just gonna have to go stride the whip a little bit. Because we, uh, you know, we need we need Sean's cooking services now. They're called for here. So in the, in Sean the needs to make the batter, and I will. I'm crunching up the Cheetos. I don't need the Cheez-Its. Oh, I, I, I don't ever measure. Yeah, the two I'm cups. The, the two cups doesn't matter as much as that you have enough to we cover. We just have to have enough. Um, now, the recipe that Jen selected was uh, was Cheez-Its cover mackerel covered in Cheez-Its. Right, the Cheez-Its is like the breading. Okay, and so uh, Sean, do you want me to help open the mackerel, or do you got that? Um, You're opening yeah, the can. You... Okay, I'm going to open the can mackerel now. And I also brought a oh can a real can opener. Home. I wasn't That's helpful. Test. Is this? Is yeah, you're this on. Working. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, you're on. You're working, oh, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. All right, so I'm going to here. I don't even want to open this can of mackerel in here, you guys. Yes, you can open the mackerel. Yes, you can. Will everyone? Hooray for you! Since we can't play it anymore. Yeah, we're not allowed to say it. We're not allowed to make fun of that anymore. I'm going to call that guy and try to get him to send me a letter, so, a registered letter. 
I think I'm going to try to follow what listener, I forget his name, in D.C. said. In, Jim. Uh, Jim, and coat the the mackerel a little bit first with some of the flour. Yeah, let's get that batter going pretty quick. Okay. I'm opening the can of mackerel. Sean, what are you doing over there? You're opening some flour? I'm opening some flour. I'm get, I got a cup of flour here. One thing that we don't have is water. Okay, well... Uh, we have wine. Is that okay? Yeah, I love that, I love that okay. with, all, with, with all of the... Uh, all of the different things that needed to happen, Jen, you made sure to open the wine first, <laughs> which is not even in the recipe. Here's the thing: is if we're going to do this in the spirit of prison, right. we just need to work with what we have. Right. And we are lucky enough that um, Yo, I'm we, you. we traded some favors. We have some wine. I don't yeah. want to say anything more about it. That's right. That's I can right. Smell that mackerel. Yeah, that makes me nervous. Oh okay, I'm God. opening we the mackerel. Oh dear gosh! Yeah, the mackerel. Oh. I brought. Oh, you said you had extra bowls, right? Uh. I'm oh, gonna, you guys, this I mackerel need, we need stinks actually, to high heaven. Oh, God. That mackerel needs to go into that studio. I'm not kidding you. We are going to get in so much trouble tomorrow. Okay, I'm just going to drain it into here because we're not obviously using a measuring cup. No, today. no All measuring. Because right. they don't have measuring cups in that's prison. That's right. That's right. And that's I'm right. going to need a plate to put the mackerel on. Okay, well, Sean, don't Did worry about taking the, the tin off the lid. What, what? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Sean is now draining the mackerel. He's he's oh, in, into into a, a cup. He's trying to get rid of the mackerel juice. It smells like you know in Star Wars when uh, when when Luke Skywalker almost freezes to death and, and Han Solo or who which one? Yeah, they have yeah, to cut. They have to, they have to cut open one of those weird. This is how they clean things. stuff in prison. They just kind of wipe. They it down use their, with their sweatshirt. sweatshirt. That's what Jen's doing. Okay, you know we've have very effectively recreated the prison environment. Um, Where does Sean go? He's got to go get some stuff. Oh, Sean goodness. Had to, okay. Goodness, I goodness. just want... It's 9-11 and 24 seconds, and I want to say for the record, I really think that that can of mackerel should be oh. in the studio with the door closed. Okay. I, you're being so ridiculous about you, this mackerel. You got one email from somebody, and you let it get to you. You got it. I did. I'm afraid not, of the other get, hosts on the you're station. You're not going to make it in here, man. <laughs> Can't let something like what's that. Your prison, you. What's your prison nickname? <laughs> you need a you need a nickname like um, I don't know, uh, Bunny. Any, <laughs> Bunny. <laughs> what's your prison nickname, Sean? Oh, that was mine. Oh, no, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> what's yours, Jen? I'll, I'll be Granny. <laughs> That's good. That would be like a prison nickname. And can mine be? Yeah, it's like how the big guy is tiny. Yeah. Can you I? Know? Can I be? Can I? Can mine be awkward? No. So what I'm what I'm doing here yeah. is I've got my flour, I've got my cup, my cup of flour, and I'm putting in. I chose the spice I chose was fi- Chinese style five spice. Nice. Sun luck. Nice. A Interesting. Tables, a, um, just eyeball it there, brother. Spoon of just, that. Just You're in the big house. Come on okay. now. There you, there you go. go. That's there good. Go. That's good. That's, That's be good. Spicy. He's just putting the five spice in. So I'm just gonna mix that with my fingers. Okay. Or so, and then Make sure someday we're gonna. Mic, Sean, someday we're gonna have a spoon in this prison cell. Yeah. I believe it. Yep. Hey, dare to dream. Spoons are for shanking. <laughs> so we don't have one. What is gonna happen if somebody comes after us? Well, <laughs> you should have thought of that, Granny, before you before did you. the crime. I got the wine, and I'm not even gonna tell you how I did it. Let's just let's just commissary? say it was one of the most painful things to smuggle okay. into the in the history of this prison. <laughs> Okay, so awkward. I, you can just leave it to yourself over there. I'm gonna go into the other studio and and take the mackerel out of its home. Okay, okay, bring bring it in here, I guess. Oh, should I bring? Wait it a minute, in you need the water to make the batter or the wine. The wine. This, what? Yeah. But yeah. actually, I wanted to coat the fish first with the dryness, like. Um, oh, right, yeah. oh, oh, oh! I see. Sean is taking this very seriously, and I think that's a good thing. That's why he's the chef. That's why he's Chef Sean Detroit. Oh my gosh, he's just dumped out. 
He's dumping the Jack mackerel out of the can. Oh, <laughs> That's the grossest that thing disgusting. I've ever seen. I'm going to go get the camera. Yeah, ex- yeah. I feel like it's alive in my hands. Oh my like gosh. When I touch it. It's that is amazing. It's like um it's it's mackerel. They've chopped the head and the tail off and it's three of them. It's three of them skin and all just sitting there. Like imagine, Ooh, oh dear. the spine. Dear goodness. This is really This is this is going to be a disaster. It's probably the most disgusting. Sean's thing. now taking he's taking the spine out of the fish. Um Spineless. is this is this fish, has it been cooked? Is it no, raw? No, no, it's been cooked. You can't can it. It's been cooked. Okay. So Sean's deboning. You know what I wish we had right now? Cooking with Sean DeTore music. <laughs> Ever since you got to the cell, you've been all about what I wish I had. <laughs> what we do here is we just work with what we got. Uh, you I, want a song? Say it. I'll now. hum it. We don't got time. Right. <laughs> we got nothing but time. I don't know about you guys. I'm doing. I'm doing a life sentence for deciding that it was a good idea to just call a random phone number on the internet during our radio show. I think Granny's going crazy. Yeah, I think Granny's going stir crazy. Yeah, over don't that. even start, boys. Okay, so you. Okay, Granny, you have very effectively now. Um, pureed those Cheez-Its. I hope your, you've been watching. With your pestle. That's right. That's what I can do. Now, I'm that's gonna, really I'm, good. I'm, I'm pulverizing. Pulverizer. That's what they wanted to call me, but I said, no, just call me Can granny. I be pulverizer? <laughs> no, that's you're awkward. <laughs> awkward. I fell in love with immediately. <laughs> now, I'm trying to get all these bones out as best I can. Okay. I might leave some in for granny. <laughs> she likes that. Yeah. That's, she, she says it keeps <laughs> her hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Sean's still deboning the Jack Which mackerel. Uh, these are okay. somewhat. Yeah. Deboned. Okay. And now they're being. Uh, Granny is tossing them in the flour. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Yep, putting them on top paper. of the recipe paper. This is exactly. This is exactly like prison because we don't have any of the right stuff. No, we don't. Nope. You know, we're like it's. We sure don't. We kind of have. You know, well, we. I decided not to bring a spoon. We have. We just use the measuring thing that he was using for the five spice. Yeah, Granny. We um we also because we're doing a radio show, there's a certain amount of pressure to get it in in a certain amount of time. Right. Whereas if we were in our cell, it'd be like, when is the next time the guard walks by? Right. So I think this is very analogous to if we were actually in prison. Can I? Can you hand me the camera, Jen, so I can take a picture? Yeah. Oh, because now what we've got laid out in front of me, I, I gotta say, for all of the the belly aching that I've been doing about the smell and everything, what is right in front of me now is some pretty appetizing little. Pieces of jack mackerel that are all breaded. I don't right? think we have time for those. Let's just work with what we got here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sean. I think we're we're in good. We've got okay. one, two, three, four, five, How much six. How water was supposed to go in there? Uh, let's see. Well, the fish is on there. We'll say um, a, ha- a half a cup. Half a cup. Okay. I just took a picture because it'll last longer. At least that's what I was told growing up. They they don't hear my jokes. They, you know, the problem. All. That's know, the problem. When you sit in a room like this together, twenty four seven. Yeah, you do Granny, really. You're being a little bit too nice, and I don't know where this is going to take us later. Um, <laughs> I just don't know if I trust you all the way. You shouldn't, brother. Okay, so <laughs> I'm glad you're off mic when you do your prison talk because it's the most unconvincing thing I've ever heard. Now, what are you guys making there? You're making we're more. Making a batter. You're making a batter. That didn't work. This is way too this not. Work. This is not battery. No, that doesn't work. What we have to do is just move to the cheetah. I went Cheez-its. away for battery, and this is not. <laughs> <laughs> we need What's something your... to put these on. All right, they're battering. This is horrible. Okay, Here, Sean, if you can just bring over that. <laughs> over Why don't I add some of the macros? No, no, no. Give me that Office Max thing. We're, it's all fine. Everything's okay. All right, so they've been they've been doing the breading. Okay, throw this one on the throw this one on the 
skillet. This okay. isn't even breaded. It's fine. Gosh. Sean thinks that he's at the Cordon Bleu, a.k.a. the Sorbonne. We don't have a spatula. We don't have time. Um, Sean, Sean needs to get the oil going also. No, the oil is going. It's super hot. You're going to hear it in a second if he has oh. his mic on. Oh, can you turn that mic on, Sean, in there so we can hear? I'm getting paged by, by the doctor in the commissary. <laughs> I think he's gone over to the dark side. There's no doctor in the commissary. I know. I really think that... I think that Sean might have just lost his mind. Oh, he's dropping. Okay, he's dropping the mackerel bits into. This needs to be on high. Dropping Uh-oh. the mackerel bits into the oil. The mackerel has now been taken out of the can, somewhat deboned, somewhat floured, somewhat battered, somewhat rolled in Cheetos, and now the oil is somewhat warm. <laughs> so this is going to be somewhat tasty. Um, it smells. It smells actually pretty good. Yeah. This the is... Cheez-Its and the wine batter. The Cheez-Its and the wine batter is fantastic. Yeah. And you know, the wine without the Cheez-Its is even better. The oil's not even hot enough. Okay, well, let's wait a second. You've cranked it up. It, t- it takes just seconds. Okay. Um, here, here's here's a good, I think, plan for us right now. Let's take a short break. Uh, we'll, we'll get our act together here a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. And uh, we will get the oil hot enough, and then we'll, we'll, we'll submerge uh, Sean's... Let's get it out. Come on. Sean's Cheez-Its... And uh, mackerel concoction here, because this is cooking with Sean Detore. More TBT on the moment. Welcome back to TBTL on News Talk 97.3 Cairo FM. <laughs> I thought I had fixed the microphone in here, but I clearly hadn't. Uh, ooh, you can start to hear. Let me. I'm sorry. Let me turn down uh, Ursher. You hear that? Mm-hmm. That's the uh, holy mackerel. <laughs> that's Sean in his in his own personal cell. Jen, will you? Can you do a little like just kind of do a quick video yeah. tape of Sean in in his uh, in his cooking repose there? Um, we're doing cooking with Sean DeTory, and because of our interview last week with Drew McFrizz and his talk of having been in federal prison, uh, we thought it would only make sense that our next cooking with Sean segment actually involve uh, prison food, something that you could make in a prison cell. And so uh, Jen found this recipe for mackerel fried in um, Cheez-Its and some kind of batter. And uh, so here we are. We've got right in front of me. Uh, Sean and Jen uh, deboned. They opened the can of mackerel. They deboned it a little bit. They rolled it around in some flour and rolled it around in some crushed up Cheetos or Cheez-Its rather. Uh, when Jen, whose prison name is Granny, was crushing up the Cheez-Its, she looked at me and she said she was sending a message with how she was crushing up those Cheez-Its. And, and I, I, I'm now, sadly, I'm now her, I'm now her bitch. So that's... Deal with it. It's always hard to hear that from a friend. That suck that, it, awkward. That they. That it's always. But when I came into the prison with a name like awkward, <laughs> I, I had to know it wasn't going to end well. All right. So Sean, how's it going in there? What's the uh, What's the latest? You're, you're grilling up. You're frying up the uh, the mackerel on a hot yeah. plate. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, they seem to be uh, just about done. Uh, if we want a sample, I think that we should do that. You need a plate? I don't yeah. want to sample those. Those are going to be so hot. I think that we should um, start cooking some more. Yeah, take them off and put them on like a paper towel to drain a little bit. 
And uh, the thing that I was saying right before the break is that we have, through our own lack of planning, managed to really create the prison ambiance in here. Because when you're in a cell, you're working with a lot of improvised, uh, you know, uh, cooking implements and uh, like the ingredients. You don't have it exactly right. And that's much like our scene here. So um, let's see. Hot off the press. Ah. There's uh, round one. It looks, it looks kind of like fried you chicken. Need to put in fresh oil. Um, yeah, I should probably. Do or that. do we just want to deal with what we've got here? I mean, no, is no. anybody really gonna? No, no. Here's what I think. We we need to actually go to a break here in a moment. I think that we should have Sean uh, place the new batch of macro. Gremlins too. The new batch. <laughs> exactly. That can be your prison name, Gremlin, because you make trouble and you shouldn't eat. You shouldn't be fed after midnight. Do you and... need oil? Um, I've got some more in there. Okay. Thanks, Grandma. Okay. Granny, come on. Granny, Thank awkward, you. and Gremlin. Is that? Can <laughs> this we get... is the best prison cell ever. <laughs> Isn't it awesome that we all got put together after we used to have a radio show? I know. That it's is great. So it's like the last lucky. episode of Seinfeld. That is so yeah. <laughs> totally. So lucky. Okay. Um. So, uh, I think that the last batch here of mackerel, uh, is the is the best one or the the second batch of mackerel? It looks it looks it's got lots of cheese. It's on it. Um. And you know what? I have to say this. Because I was so worried about the smell, it doesn't really stink that bad, right, Lan? Well, how would you describe the smell on a scale of of one being not fishy it, at all it, and, and ten it, being? It's okay, Luke. It's okay. <laughs> He's plugging his nose, ladies and gentlemen. That's not a good sign. I think it doesn't stink as bad as I was worried it would. I think our bigger worry at this point is the bones. So let's all, you know, eat lightly. Okay. Eat carefully. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go run in there. All right, so Sean's got his uh, next batch okay. of uh, mackerel. Sean, oh. just leave that mic on so we can hear the sizzle. I like that. So my my NPR roots are showing. Good little ambient sound there. It's beautiful. <laughs> really beautiful Luke, stuff. Luke, are you going to promise not to put this in the microwave when you're done? No. Oh, no. No, I oh. didn't. I never. That's I, I, don't, I don't make promises I can't keep. I might have it for lunch tomorrow. I might need to warm it up with a little rice. Uh, put that you're right. going to do that at home, right? <laughs> There's no way I'm allowed to bring any of this mackerel into the house, for I sure. See. Okay. All right, it's it's uh, 9.30. We're going to be back with more TBTL and the conclusion of this Cooking with Sean DeTore prison food edition. First, though... Yeah, make me a filet melon! Or mignon... Welcome back to TBTL, where we're cooking with Sean DeTori. Excuse me, <clears throat> where we're cooking with Gremlin. Jen said an interesting thing during the break, which is that we're joking about being in prison and everything, and I was shooting a little video. But immediately during the video, when Jen was in her prison persona, she was like kind of tough and in charge. Mm-hmm. And Sean was just simmering and really surly, but scary. Like he was just not saying very much, but it was terrifying. And I was awkwardly, nervously just trying to make jokes just to leaven the mood because I was scared of you guys. Should and be. I think that's probably what we would be in prison. I, th- I think that's pretty close to the personalities, the personas that we would adopt to get by. That's yeah. right. All right, so uh, we've made here, I, I haven't really, but uh, Sean, uh, with the assistance of Do you need a plate? of Jen, what he's made is some uh, uh, yeah. mackerel yeah, thanks, rolled in flour, rolled in Cheez-Its, and then they, they grilled it up on a, on a hot plate, on a pan that's on a hot plate. Now, this recipe was 
was gotten off the internet, um, and it's supposedly friends beyond the walls. That's the name of the website. By the way, if they have a phone number, don't call it because someone might pick it up <laughs> in a cell, and that will be really bad radio. And this recipe came from their um, their cell block cafe. So this is supposedly something you could make with things you can get from the vending machine and the commissary. And I guess we've gotten confirmation from Drew McFrizz that you cannot, you don't get a hot plate in federal prison, but that doesn't mean in, in state prison you might not be able to get a hot plate. Maybe there's something people share. From what I understand, they they do have like a community kitchen in a lot of the lower security prisons where, you know, you can come in and cook, but your ingredients, how you get them, you know, it's just from the vending machine. All right. Well, here and it is. And then Drew was also saying that you can buy things. Right. So maybe you could have like flour or spices, you know, mailed to you or whatever. All right. Here, uh, here, right in front of me is now the uh, the piece de resistance. Please. Thanks, Granny. Please. Yeah. Everyone, use your. Everyone, please remember to use their prison names except me because mine's awkward. That's right. <laughs> it's actually awkward. That's my actual prison name, and I don't. I can't believe that I requested that. I. I and I got white because I knew we were having white fish. And because you're racist. That's yeah, exactly, because that's the gang you would align yourself with in prison. <laughs> white Power Bill. <laughs> Whereas I would be a friend of Judy. I would follow Tobias Funke. You, and I would say, White Power Bill, you have to you have to learn how to love White Power Bill. All right, uh, sh- shall we do this? Should we, should we do the taste test on this mackerel? It's all fried up. Let's do it. It's really... Um, Are you going to try some of that or ooh, some of the old? I, oh, I, that's pretty hot. This is... Yeah, okay. Okay, we're going to eat... First, we're going to eat a little careful, bit of batch one. Careful of the bones. There could be some. Okay, batch one. I'm sticking up you. Here we go. Grilled prison mackerel. I'm not going to lie to you. This is delicious. <laughs> this is so good. I'm, I'm not kidding. Are you guys with me? It is shockingly good. I was just going to say... Yeah. You know, we should actually eat some cheese that's with this too. This is like when you're when you're camping, and you make something oh my and it's gosh. like the best thing you ever tasted. This is like amazing. Okay, uh, it's really crispy because you guys mm-hmm. grilled it up in the oil, mm-hmm. so it's very crispy. Just like the Colonel would do it. So mm-hmm. it has kind of a fried chickeny thing going. The inside of it though is still somewhat moist, and uh, I'm going for the. Uh, I'm going for round two. <laughs> oh, this is hot. really good, and with a nice white wine, it's, it's lovely. It's yeah, it's like a giant sardine. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant, really salty, but kind of breaded. And you know what? I'm committing a crime on the way home, so that I can go to prison, <laughs> so that I can eat like this every day. But if you bring this recipe, you'll be the most popular inmate ever. They're gonna love you, boy. You know, this might be our most successful cooking with Sean ever. Hands down. I'm 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 willing to say it. Hands down this is the best food that we've ever that you guys that Sean has ever managed to prepare. It was great. Oh, I'm going to have a little more wine. How long I, I had no idea we would end up fine dining tonight. How long yeah. how, how many years are you guys doing? I'm actually <clears throat> <laughs> I'm thinking about carving a swastika into my forehead for my parole hearing. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Because this is living. I've been in for 10, but it feels like I've only done three. Yeah. It flies by when you're... I think if we get to be together in our cell and have Cheez-Its mackerel, yeah. I don't think it gets better than that, you outside think, or inside the you walls. You think Gotti's holy mackerel? Three <laughs> sure. bros, bro it up. up.
Because I think I deboned it pretty good. I haven't had a bone yet. I have yet. not had a bone yet. I'm, I'm I, going for seconds as well. I am, this is so delicious. <laughs> I'm on I, my third piece, awkward. <laughs> Stop bragging about how much you've had. Awkward. <laughs> That's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that, that out of this out of this tragedy... <laughs> it's like the story of Drew McFrizz, really. What do you think about out of this tragedy that was this cooking segment, such a beautiful butterfly of of crunchy, salty, well-made fish would emerge. <laughs> and no Skittles. No Skittles. Five spice. Good call, friend. Good call, Gremlin. You're welcome. How much was the fried mackerel? And where did, you found it Fred Meyer, you said? It wasn't fried. It I mean, was canned. The... <laughs> Granny, where have you been? <laughs> we fried it. How much was the canned mackerel? $1.95. Really? Yeah, because could you imagine making this with? Could you imagine making this um, with uh, fresh mackerel? You know, like like that was actually because this was this had this mackerel started out with every disadvantage in life. <laughs> you know, this mackerel was like a dandelion coming up through the cracks in the concrete. Yeah, and it was a tree growing in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you started off with like a delicious fresh mackerel. This would be this would be an amazing meal. It's it's an amazingly good meal considering the circumstances, but I think this could actually be something you would totally serve to people. I also feel that as our nation is going into, you know, economic hardship, people yeah. need to know about this mm-hmm. recipe. We're kind of doing a service. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Cheez-Its and Jack Mackerel. It's Jack in a mackerel. red can. That's literally all you need. Forget stone soup. Yeah. You don't even need water. Well, yeah. wine's more expensive than water. So whatever use water. whatever you have, beer, whatever. It's fine. Wow. Well, I don't know if this <clears throat> last segment of this cook over of this larger cooking segment. I don't know if it's been good radio or not, but it's been good eating. <laughs> let's let's split this last piece. No, I've, I'm good. I'm, I've had enough. Thank you. I mean, I, I ate like six pieces. We are we are going granny. to officially. I'll have some, Gremlin. We are going to officially awkward. Let me serve you, Granny. We are going to. What af- does that mean? I don't need you to serve me. I'll get my own. Well, then you know you what? You just eat that. I'll get my I'm own. Put no, this I'll get. Down. What? Oh, it's a riot! It's a prison riot. <laughs> Let me get my tin cup. I'll be right back. It's a somebody call the somebody call the what are they called? Police? Awkward. You don't even know what the hell you're talking you just about. Got in here, kid. shut up, kid. You and your tattoos. Please stop yelling at me. That's what you're gonna say later. Can I go to the hole? Can I bring my Calvin and Hobbes book? No. We gave you mackerel. <laughs> shut up. And drink your water wine. Um, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, well, things get crazy in prison, don't they? This will also be the first time, by the way, that we've eaten the entire... Like, mm-hmm. what we've eaten all of what's been prepared. I know, this is kind of amazing. Nothing like the uh, Kool-Aid pickles. Yeah. Although those were pretty good. No. No, those weren't good. They weren't good. All right. Um, let, hold on. Hold on one second here. Let me uh, Let me get the proper... This is... As prisons go, we have a lot of sound effects here, which is great. Uh, Sean DeTori, I declare this an amazingly successful uh, cooking with Sean. I agree. Nice work, sir. I mean, I'm sorry, Gremlin. Cooking with Gremlin. That's right. Nice work. That was that was delicious. And uh, and Granny. Who helped him? Yeah, yeah. Granny. All right, easy, easy. Set it off. Uh, nice work, Granny. Thank you. This was amazing, you guys. This was really, uh, this was really, really an accomplishment, and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you both, and proud of you all. 
So uh, we're going we're gonna to take our last break of the uh, of the night here, and um, then we're going to come back. And uh, if we can, we'll try to sneak in a couple of uh, listener letters, or maybe we'll just try to. I still have some processing to do about the whole cheers, Troutman. cheers to you situation, so maybe we'll just talk about that. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, whatever it is, I, I can promise you it'll be marginally interesting. So stay with us. This is TBTL. Nice job, Sean. What better way than uh, with a Thursday night edition of TBTL? Jen and I were talking about the fact that this <clears throat> kind of stink that we created here in the studios is no biggie because we're not going to be here tomorrow. But here was the flaw in that logic, Shawnee. There's a meeting tomorrow morning here about the ratings for the station. Right. Which, not to brag, pretty much kicked tail. I think that we uh, overall, Cairo was like the top station or something. We did really, really well. Good. I I don't think TBTL had much to do with that, but that's not that's neither here nor there. Okay. Anyway, I was just saying, Jen, that um, our whole we don't have to be here tomorrow thing is a little flawed. On account, well, because there's going to be a meeting at 9:30 tomorrow that we're coming to here. But the good news is it's only going to be attended by our boss, our boss's boss. Probably somebody's flying in from Salt Lake for it. (laughs) So, but Dave Ross cannot attend because he's on the air. So he'll just be in here fuming. And because I've put a spell on him, like that kid from the Poltergeist, so he'll have no mouth. Okay, good. So he won't be able to tell anyone that it smells like a grilled up mackerel in here. Um, that was uh, <clears throat> that was a, a really successful, really fun uh, little episode of Cooking with Sean DeTorey. Uh Sean, did you think that it was? You seemed stressed. You never seemed stressed to me, but while we were actually doing the cooking, you seemed a little stressed out. Yeah. Um, Are you surprised? He doesn't usually have me yelling at him. Well, he's not used Forget to be, measuring cups. He's not used to being in a cell with Granny. <laughs> right. That was intense. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I was stressed um, just because it was, I didn't feel like it was quite going the way I felt like or wanted it to go. Part of it was probably because Jen was like, we don't need measuring cups and all that stuff. <laughs> that was kind of a, that was one stressor. Yeah, that was, that was hurting. I just felt like it was, it was, it was out of my hands and, and falling and the segment's down called, Alice's hole. The, the so- segment's called Cooking with Shonda and you felt like this Sean DeTore was not getting to have the say in the matter that one deserves when one's name is in the title of the segment. Right. And that's fair. That's totally that's fair. That's totally fair. Right. But, but I'm that's, not... that's what happens in prison, bro. <laughs> hey. That's what happens in prison, Gremlin. Yeah. He, he adjusted a lot quicker than he you did. did yeah. Luke. I never adjusted. I was just over here reading Jeff Foxworthy's Redneck Dictionary. Okay. They had not yet looped the music, which is really the only thing that was lacking. That was a shame for me, and I, I think because Jen didn't like it, and later on she was drunkenly um, singing the music, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> so that betrayed that she actually might have liked it. Um, just, just was a shame that she liked the music. So I wish it had been uh, on a loop. But the first thing I want to say about this clip was sometimes Luke has some weird notions about um, physics and. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm no scientist, but 
<clears throat> there was one episode where he was talking about um, coasting his car uphill and that didn't work out for him. And then this episode where he thought if we just put all of the stinky stuff in one part of the studio, which is contained inside the studio, her booth is inside the studio. It opens to the studio. There's no other way to get in and out of her booth. So putting all the stink in there was really just distilling it and then allowing it to be well, released full force. Right. When the door well, it's kind of like he, he said there was a, a vent or a fan in there or something. Well, yeah, there's an air conditioning but, vent everywhere. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing, yeah. though. That's blowing out. It's not a fart <laughs> fan. <laughs> right. You know, it, it, if you had done it in the restroom, you might have gotten away with it. You know, at least people would have said someone had a bad fish dinner and had a bad night. But they decided to cook it actually in the studio. And not only in and the studio, was, but was, of the poorly ventilated part of the studio. There was some fallout from this, right? Oh, big time. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think Dave Ross mentioned it, but he's too nice a guy to ever do anything or say anything about it. But Dory Monson, who comes on after Dave Ross, was furious. Wow. Yeah. But he's furious about everything. You know, he yeah. he probably thought the taxpayers had made Jack Jack Mackerel and was... But it's not a good call to make mackerel in an enclosed space. It's not a good call to make fish in mm-hmm. of any sort in an enclosed space. Yeah, like brined so, fish. Come on. No, Probably particularly canned. not canned mackerel, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband does not like uh he'll eat sashimi, but he will not eat a cooked fish. And the smell of it bothers him so much that I can't cook it inside. If I if I want to have a piece of salmon or something, I have to have it out on the grill. Um so this canned mackerel situation would have never flown <laughs> in my house. His gag reflex would have been going. Oh, he would have been at a hotel for like the next week. Uh, the nicknames. Um, Granny, uh, that might be the first uh, incarnation of Granny time, I guess. So oh. She gets all oh. cranky. Um, Bunny, wasn't that Sean's original? And then that he changed to Gremlin. Mm-hmm. And then awkward. I think that was the best, most apt name. <laughs> really? Because Luke, I mean, they really did sort of react the way that um, the way that they thought they would react in prison. And for Jen, it was puffing up. She was yeah. going to take charge and you know knock somebody out and and be you know she because i think everyone's afraid of going to prison and they all deal with it different ways and jen's way was to puff up and try to take charge cuz that's who she is and sean's way was to just get quiet and you know try to escape unnoticed and luke's way was to just kind of nervously joke his way through to be the jester right right and there's something yeah. to be said for that i mean you do get by on that in prison if you don't make anyone else a serious butt of any jokes, anyone with any power. So I, I enjoyed that, even though, you know, Jen was really over the top. Yeah, she really got into it. She got aggressive. Um, the um, I was thinking about, uh, they were having wine, and I was thinking about the two times that I had prison wine or prison booze. The, one, the first time was in county jail, and it was made, I can't remember what it was made with, but just a variety of like citrus fruits and toilet wine. Uh, no, uh, how it was made. 
how the first stuff that I had was made was it went into a plastic bag in the winter time and went in into one of the heat grates. And more often than not, these things get busted before they come to, you know, um, fruition before they come to fermentation. But the one time it got all the way through and I had it at County jail, it wasn't too terrible. I mean, it really, it really burned, but it didn't taste that bad. And it did, it, it did give everyone a little buzz the one that I had at Sheridan in actual prison, um, that I think was made in a toilet. Um, and it wasn't as good. Um, I, I like to call it toilet tanker. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I like mean, gin. <laughs> small bags or big, ba- I mean like how many servings do you get out of a, well, yeah, it's, a- um, it depends. I mean the, the, um, the Hispanic guys always had something cooking and always a big bag somewhere. And our unit manager would almost always find it. Um, they one, one day a big batch got done and that was what I got a taste of. And it was, it was pretty terrible and it didn't seem like it was that fermented. So, um, prison wine is a thing, but I, it's not like, it's not like they have a, a distillery like Hawkeye on mash, you know, it's uh it's really crude. So, and no hot plates in federal prison. Microwaves. But are there hot plates in like other places? Because they seemed, they, they were real heavy on that, weren't they? Like where you could get a hot plate in prison? Yeah, I think in a lot of state joints, you can have a hot plate or something approximating that. I know a lot of them, you can get that um, that coil that you can plug into the wall and mm. warm things up, you know, drop it in some liquid and warm things up. But uh, dangerous. we just had microwaves and there'd be big lines at the microwaves. And, you know, um, we had, uh, we had guys who were rich who would pay people to make meals for them. And those, those guys, since they were getting paid, they could post up at the microwave before anyone else could get there. Cause we were all doing our other jobs. And so you'd have to wait behind the guy making the gourmet meal for the, <clears throat> the millionaire that's in there. So what's a gourmet meal? In prison, uh, I didn't have many gourmet meals, so I I don't really know what those guys were making. But I can say that um, people were making some delicious food that wasn't exactly gourmet. Like my friend Mike Santos, uh, he was from Guam, and his um, his celly, I never knew his celly's name. He was just this big guy that uh, didn't speak much English, and he was named Guami because we were really creative with our nicknames. So <laughs> Mike and Guami would make this food and I'd be headed out to the yard and, and Santos would yell up the tear. He'd say, put your bowl on your locker. And I'd put my bowl out and I'd put Jeff's bowl out. And then when we'd come home, there would be um, some sort of spam and rice creation with vegetables. I mean, you had to have a hookup in the kitchen. You had to have somebody bringing vegetables and spices and meat and stuff back from the kitchen, but spam was available on the commissary. So these guys, and these guys, cause they're Pacific Islanders, they love cooking the spam and God damn, that shit was good. It was so good. I'd come back from the yard and you know, we'd be all sweaty from playing basketball or whatever, but we just sit on our bunks and eat it cause it was still warm. And, uh, there, there was also a guy named Jr. who never met a scam that he didn't want to, commit he started like three gambling tickets while i was there and he also had a a burrito selling business he would get 
all the ingredients for the burritos on the commissary except for you know the the chicken and stuff from the kitchen the spices and stuff and he would sell these things that he called chicken burritos but uh, and he'd sell them for two dollars when the going rate for a, a meatless burrito was a dollar he'd sell them for two dollars because they were chicken burritos but you only had to have one of them to know that maybe he passed a piece of chicken over the top of the burrito to give it some waft of chicken flavor. Never any evidence of actual chicken in the burrito. So he, scammed he, by somebody in prison. <laughs> I, I know. I know. And a guy I liked, a guy I really <laughs> liked and, and I worked with and made a little money off of, but um, don't eat JR's burritos. So there, there, there's my, there are my prison food stories. Unless you guys have any questions. I, I think you've answered mine. I, I mostly wondered about, you know, how big of a bag of Pruno you could get. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all a matter of where you're hiding it, how big it can get. And, you know, the, th- the paradox is if I'm using the word, right, is that the more the thing smells, the better it's cooking. But the more the thing smells, the more, uh, Mr. Payne, the unit manager is going to sure. walk around and go, Oh, here it is. You know, <laughs> he's going to undo one of the vents and, and go, Yes, here's a giant bag of Pruno that everyone was going to get drunk on tonight and watch Sabado Gigante. <laughs> so I understand making booze because you obviously don't have access to that, but you're fed meals. So why why cook other stuff? Just because the food was gross? Uh, some some nights the food was gross. Um a lot of a lot of times, I mean, you just guys just don't want to go up to the chow hall and if they can you know, they're tired from work and they just want to get a burrito and go to sleep till the next morning when they have to work in the furniture factory. Um, I would say, uh, I don't know. I, I didn't do a lot of fancy cooking. All I really did was I would um, take like a pepperoni stick and cut it into a thing of top ramen and uh, squeeze a little squeeze cheese in there, stir it up. Um, what else? Uh, Jeff used to call it popcorn soup, but I just make a top ramen and I'd make some microwave popcorn and I would just pour the popcorn into the soup. Oh, that sounds terrible. Hey, if I I wasn't exercising uh, about seven hours a day, it would have been a disaster. Let me tell you that. Yeah. Well, if not for that too, I I bet everyone in prison's blood pressure would be like 180 over 150 or something. Yeah, that's like totally, that's totally. But you do have so much time to work out and to play sports and stuff, so. It works between the spam out. and the pepperoni and the ramen. Yeah. But, but this tells you why as soon as I got out of prison, I ballooned up to 335 pounds because I wasn't playing sports anymore. And I had some terrible, terrible cravings and habits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wanted to eat all the taco time. Is that different now though? I mean, uh, well, yeah, because I mean, I got dangerously overweight and also I finally realized that, um, there was another meal coming and it was, it would have, it would be delicious that I could push myself away from this one. Mm-hmm. So do you still cook anything that you used to cook um, in prison? I will eat, I will eat some ramen maybe once every couple months. With the pepperoni stick? No, no, I don't go all the way with it. I do, I do, I do fire a little uh, shredded mozzarella into there. Though. Really? Yeah. Because ramen's become such a fancy trend now. There's like a nice ramen place up the street for me that I go to. And cheese 
would never enter into that equation. <laughs> well, look who you're talking to. Well, I love cheese. I might love cheese as much as you do, but that's just one place where I would never put cheese. Well, I just never have any microwave popcorn around. Otherwise, I'd fire <laughs> that in there. I'd take the popcorn over the cheese, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nice. It's so salty, though. If you want to wake up yeah. at three in the morning and uh, and drink out of a prison cell a sink, you know, three or four gallons of water, that's the diet for you. <laughs> What was the uh, what was the first place you you went to for a meal when you got out? Oh boy, I'm trying to remember because I got out and I had to report to the halfway house, so I don't think I stopped anywhere. Um, but like the first time that I got out on uh, from the halfway house on like a pass, uh, I'm trying to think it was it was very near Broadway. The halfway house is near Seattle University, which is near Broadway, and I'm sure I walked up Broadway. And I'm now remembering it was Dicks because there's a Dicks on on Broadway, as you'll see in many Sir Mix a Lot videos. Um, that's where I ate my first um, out of custody meal. I feel like I've been manipulating the show because I've been wanting to talk about this for so long because I was. Shocked that I wasn't invited, but now we know why, because I'd just been on the show dominating for a week. Um, what else did you guys have about this this clip? I think one of the things that, that gave me a lot of joy was just listening to what I think of as normally reserved Jen just like let herself go to this prison cooking experiment. The The first line that really made me laugh out loud at work was when I heard, you know, they're opening up the can of mackerel and sliding it out and Jen saying, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Oh, that's gross. I'm going to go get the camera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, yeah, because, you know, I was envisioning when they were talking about canned mackerel, I thought it would be like flaky fish. You know, like when you open a can of tuna, how mm -hmm. it's kind of in pieces. And I'm like, how are they going to bread this? But what I realized is that it was like a curled up fish body. Mm -hmm. I envisioned right? this more as like fish spam, but I've, I don't know if I've ever had. Well, it sounds like it had the bones in it. Like they just cut the head and the tail off and it had the bones. And then that's what you work with. We didn't get um, mackerel at Sheridan. So I've never seen this product. Um, but I, you know, I was picturing like a can of sardines or at least my nose was picturing the opening of a mm -hmm. can of sardines. But this has to be a bigger product than that. And well, and they were grossed out when it opened, which if it was like a flaky fish, you wouldn't probably no, be right. that grossed out. But I, so I think it was a curled up fish. And it was probably like packed in oil. Yeah. Which I assume um, they were cooking on the hot plate, but they kept talking about oil. Was it the oil that came out of the can or? Did they no, I think they had separate oil. They, they were talking about heating up like probably olive oil or something to fry it in. Yeah. So they battered this, they cut it up. I think Sean cut it up into pieces and then battered it with flour and then fried it in the oil or, well, flour and cheese it. See, it flour is something you'd have yeah, to get flour. from the kitchen and also oil you'd have to get from the kitchen because neither one of those are things that you could buy in the commissary. But you could probably, I mean, if, if you had to use the oil from the can, I'm sure yeah. that would work. Too. Yeah, I think so. Just be even smellier. Right. <laughs> Cheese it sounds like a good breading. I made some general sows for dinner tonight and I was thinking like, hmm, I don't have any Cheez Its, but this actually might be good. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're salty. 
and cheesy. Like what a good, what a good material for that. Right. I was roasting some chicken and I was in, and I was putting together a little spice thing to put on top of it. And I'm like, I could probably crumble up some of these. What do I got in here? Some Cheetos, some potato chips, you know, <laughs> let's go prison on this shit. Yeah. And it, it seems strange, but I mean, it, it made a nice sound when they were eating it too. It sounded, you know, crispy fried fish. The frying sounded nice too. It was nice. Good temperature. Hey, believe me, outside of JR's burritos, anything I ever bought or someone gave me to eat in prison tasted pretty fucking good. It, you know, cause, cause if someone's going to the trouble to make something, they care and it's, it's going to be pretty good. So it may not be exactly for you, but it's not going to be low quality because they're eating it because they feel it's better than the chow hall. Right. Now I was considering, I'm, I'm not a big fan of fish. I'm, I didn't grow up eating it because my mother hated it and wouldn't cook it. So I'm just sort of getting into it now. Mackerel might be a little bit beyond me, but I would consider like buying a fresh piece of fish, maybe like a tilapia or something and breading it and doing this. Mm-hmm. I would, I think that sounds actually pretty good. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad idea. It's better than watching Look Who's Talking too. that's for sure. <laughs> if I'm going to immerse myself in one of these projects. Right. Have yourself a nice piece of fish. Yep. And, and I will say, actually, you know, despite what Sean said, uh, canned salmon, I think, is actually pretty good. Uh, I think it's mostly because I got, it got fed to me a lot when I was a kid, but I still love just canned salmon formed into like patties with a bit of egg and, and fried. Yeah. It's yeah. delicious. Yep. I'll, yeah, that is I'll good. make a salmon salad out of that too. It's it's pretty good for that. All right. Um, housekeeping, Meredith? Well, um, we've got some archiving info. Um, Christy is looking for people to do current episodes. So this is something you're already doing. You're already listening to TBTL. So take notes on it and, and submit them and then you'll be a gold star historian. There's, so there's a not? recent week that's about to become available too as I hand it back. To Christy. Oh, you're not going to finish it? I, I don't even remember what week it was anymore. I just got inspired by Phyllis. You know, you get all excited and then... Just, she did a great pitch. She I did mean, such a great pitch and I feel like such a douchebag because I... You should go back and listen to it and then do your second day. <laughs> right. I wouldn't even know where to find the first day, so... It's in your email somewhere. Yeah. All right. So if, you, if you're if you more inspired than Mike, then do some current episodes. Email uh, Christy at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and just check with her and she'll give you an assignment. Um, you should go to our website and, and check out our stickers. Click on the little shop link there and you can get a 10 sticker or a little, a little red bandwagon sticker. They're both pretty cool. I'm looking at both of mine right now. I've got them up on my wall and some on my laptop. And if you archive, you can get them for free. Yeah, there you go. Uh, how to get involved, go to the website, littleredbandwagon.com. That's what James did. He filled out the form and here he is. He's uh, internet famous. And um, it, can, it can happen to you too, folks. <laughs> it, totally, it totally can. You'll just get a you'll get an unsolicited uh, email from me, and uh, and we're off to the races. If you want to interact with us, we're all over the Stens page, um, looking at the all the cat posts since they talked about um, Andrew's cat. So <laughs> you can post whatever you want about cats, apparently, or you can go to our page, which is a much more fun curated experience. Although there is a cat post up there right now, Jeff, get that cat's eye taken care of, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, just give it a little wipe. <laughs> just, 
Take care of that. Um, <clears throat> personal Twitter's at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, at R.L. Pape, at Dad Trenot, at Meredith underscore Mahan. Uh, you can get at Anne through Facebook. James, are you on Twitter? Did you want to throw that out, or are you trying to protect your uh, marriage and career tonight? No, I'm I'm sort of on there, but I don't I don't really get Twitter. Okay, <laughs> I get it, but I just don't Sorry, do it. Guys. <laughs> you can uh, get at us at the LRB podcast at LRB podcast, or email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail dot com. Our voicemail here's a jingle for you. Little Red Bandwagon is a place to be. Call and talk to Meredith or Christy, Bobby, Jeremy, Ann or Mike. They won't make you take a hike. 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-8285. And that's uh, all I have. Thank you, James. It was a delight having you on. And thanks for bringing this clip to us so I could uh, talk about all my old prison stories. Most, A lot of our listeners just don't know that I've been to prison. So I thought... You've been to prison? I yeah for a few years I, I went to prison oh, for a few years. Wow. Yeah. It's it's okay. nice that you're okay talking about it. <laughs> I'm more than okay but, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, thank you, Mike Meredith. This was this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. It really thanks was. for coming on, uh, Meredith. You want to get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party, and we love you, Granny. Nailed it. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated... So I'm going to start again. That's the first time I've <laughs> ever made... Is it the first time it. I've ever made a mistake? I think so. Well, that I've heard anyway. God damn it. I'm rubbing off on you.